to hashtag Fresh Nonsense Sports, the Eastern Conference first round playoff episode. Chris and I are going back to back on this one. <laughs> we just went through the Western Conference. Uh, now we're going to hit the Eastern Conference. Okay. Now, but first, before we get to the Eastern Conference, Chris and I wanted to speak on something that happened this week. Happened, was it last week? Yeah, I think, I think it was last week. I think it was last week, yeah. Yeah, it was It was last week. So it's been a few days and it's out of the news cycle, but I still wanted to comment on it because I found it to be one of the most fascinating things when it happened a few years back. In fact, the story, I'll, I'll begin the story personally for me. Well, what we're talking about is Aaron, Aaron Hernandez and the, the, the story of Aaron Hernandez and how he went from being a college football champion a Super Bowl champion. A Super well, Really? Did they win a Super Bowl? Yeah, he, they won a Super Bowl while he was there, I believe. I'm not sure if they lost to the Giants that one. But how long did he play in the league? Like three or four? He didn't play a long time. No. He won. He was on the. He was on the Florida teams with Tebow, Percy Harvin, teams that were in in now are being talked about as problematic because although Tim Tebow heralded as one of the. You know, uh, he actually only played um, two seasons with the Patriots. Yeah, he didn't. He was in the league for like three years. I heard someone say that, and I was actually flabbergasted because I was like, it "Seems so much." Yeah, he didn't win. He didn't win a Super Bowl. Yeah, but he did sign a contract for forty million dollars with the New England Patriots, and then gets arrested for killing someone in cold blood being accused and later on convicted for the death of a man named Odin Lloyd. I subscribed to ESPN the magazine in that year in the January 2014 and the first magazine I received the first issue I received was called the conspiracy issue where ESPN did a bunch of stories on different conspiracies in sports and one of but one of the stories in the in the issue was a mapping of what Aaron Hernandez had done. So connecting the dots as to who in the child was related to who in the in the events of Odin Lloyd was related to who, uh, how they were related, what happened exactly that night, and. Uh, those kind of details escape me now. The issues, the issue is the only issue I keep. I, I, I after I finish reading every issue, I throw them out because you start keeping magazines, and that's when you start becoming a crazy hoarder. But <laughs> so I throw them out, even though sometimes there's some good stuff in those magazines. Uh, but I always keep that one because it was it's my favorite issue because. Uh, it's also the issue where they talk about Patrick Ewing's envelope in the lottery draft being a uh, frozen. You ever heard about this conspiracy? Yeah. Yeah, so anyway, they did a map of Odin Lloyd. And th- there was an article accompanying it that basically talked about the trial and what Aaron Hernandez was accused of. And you have a man who, it seemed during his college days, not only during his college days, but after he had been, dra- I think, believe drafted and became a big football player and given a big contract by an organization not known for giving big contracts was an accused and convicted murderer. Okay. And recently acquitted on two murders, I believe. Although many people believe that he was involved in those as well. I don't have much to say about I'm not here to talk about Aaron Hernandez, like whether I think Aaron Hernandez killed anybody. I'm here to talk about, I like to think upon interesting figures. And although it seems that Aaron Hernandez is a killer, and many would remark that why would you give time and space on your platform to a person who took the lives of so many people? I'm not here to give sympathy to him. I'm here to try to understand him, and I want to take a moment for us to understand him. So, Chris, what, what are your thoughts on this whole thing? It's just a sad story, man. Um, you know, it's one of those things where you look at it like, damn, this dude had everything, and one wrong decision, and his life turned upside down, and then the man took his own life amidst a lot of controversy, just... That's one of those stories where you 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 
you know, you teach your kids and, you know, you talk to people like, yo, you know, you try, you try to get a lesson from it most anything because you can't, you know, we're, we're not at a position to judge anybody. What happened was wrong. He was convicted by the judicial system. You know, we, that's all we could go, go off of. Only him and the deceased knew exactly what happened that night. You know, but all we could do is try to get, if if any, try to get some kind of positive note out of this whole story because it's it's just littered with tragedy, in my opinion. I think we have to come to learn from moments like this and to see. I think it's human instinct to sweep stories like this under the rug because okay it's a one in, once in a chance thing this guy who didn't necessarily come from that bad of a background people say although he did lose his father early in life his brother has gone on to say uh, I've been listening to a lot of interviews of people who uh, talked to his family about Aaron Hernandez and stuff like that and it seemed like he had a problem emoting or like showing his emotion after the death of his father okay but I don't want that to I'm interested in the fact that for whatever reason, this man sought out to be a gangster, had no reason to be to be a gangster. Like, you know what I mean? And it seems like he was like running some sort of loose criminal organization while at the same time being a star tight end for the premier organization in football. And, yeah, and this is just one of those cases where Bill Belichick couldn't intervene and kind of save the person. You know what I'm saying? Well, there's there's, there's many, uh, and, uh, and, and I, I, I'm not saying you know it's Belichick's fault at all whatsoever, but you know it's just crazy because it's it is one of the premier organizations, and for for it's just not. Aaron Hernandez's life that ended, but he took the life of somebody else, you know, and multiple, his daughter's family, the victim's family, you know, it's just a, a bunch of people that have been affected by what happened. He may be responsible for taking the lives of so many people. Yeah. But like, okay, you, they're serial killers, which Aaron Hernandez Many people call him a serial killer flippantly because although it's not exactly the same thing and that his murders are ritualistic or anything like that, he did kill on a mat. He did kill multiple people over an extended period of time, which is the kind of like very literal definition of a serial killer. My sort of. Why? I want to know, like, I want to talk to, talk. I almost want to talk to him and ask, why? Why did you feel the need to do this? What inside you was missing that football and uh, being a star football player on a, uh, uh, and being in, I, I think he, I don't think he won a Super Bowl, but I do believe he was in a Super Bowl how is yeah. that not fulfilling enough? I think he was in the the, the second Giants Super Bowl. Uh, yeah, I don't, he was. I don't think he was. I don't think he won a Super Bowl with them. He did not. He did not. Uh, I I want to know why that wasn't fulfilling enough because I often think of my, myself, and I, I I am not close to being a murderer, so I don't mean to 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 imply that, but. I often I, I often tell people I find fulfillment in my in pushing my career in this podcast in in putting my work out there and doing the best at what I feel I do best. And apparently he was a good football player. He was a good football player in Florida. He was a good football player for the Patriots. The Patriots don't give out contracts to nobody. Like yeah. when's the last time? I think this season the Patriots gave out a big contract to somebody, and everybody was like, "What the hell? Like, how, when does that ever happen?" And I just don't know why that wasn't fulfilling enough, and why did he? It seems it seems as though as if he sought out this life. From what his brother tells reporters, and from what, from what his family yeah, says, I, it seems I've like he he didn't same. grow up in this life. It seems uh, like yeah. he went and found it, or he, you know, it was it was open to him, and he immersed himself in it for whatever reason. He found that to be 
the way to go. I mean, once you have $40 million, why involve yourself in crime? What is the... Now, there's been many cases, and not many cases, there's been a couple of cases in the past where you have people like, you have, what's his name? The man who was recently convicted for serial raping. For what? Serial rape, the serial rapist, football player, former Bronco, I believe. No, are you talking about, um... Sharper? Darren Sharper, yeah, former Saint. Yeah, former Saint, I, I said former Bronco. Uh, he played for the Saints and Vikings, I believe, yeah. I mean, it's to me, it's just when, when things like this happen, listen, these, these are people who do evil things, and it's hard when people do things that are this level of, like, cold, despicable. Yes. despicable, you don't want to give them any empathy. And I'm not trying to give them empathy, but I do want to understand why. What is it? I'm interested in humans and what makes humans tick. Ultimately. Yeah, I I think um, that as a society, we tend to just um, criminal, not even criminal, but cast away people that have something wrong with them. And I, I don't want to say something, but like when a person does something like that, there's obviously a deeper issue involved. And as a society, we're quick to cast them away and just say, you know, pun- and just punish them and then we're done with them because we, we don't want to understand. And that, I think that's a, a, a huge problem. And that's why people do go out and, and do these malicious things because we can't, we, we don't have an understanding of the human psyche. Yeah. We only have an understanding of a part of the human psyche. You know, we understand what we have. We could say people do good things because of this and people do bad things because of that, but we truly don't have a serious grasp of, of why a person does that because it's, it's the age old, it's the age old question, nature versus nurture, because obviously his family has said that he wasn't a part of this life and he sought it out. So if he had a good life, you know, obviously his dad died. That's a traumatic, um, that's a traumatic event to go through. But also, you know, you, you're, you're in the spotlight. You, you went to you went to a great college. You were a great athlete. Part of great championships. Part of those Florida teams at the time. Now I wasn't. Now yeah. I, am, I I do not pretend to be a huge college football fan. But there are people who. I mean, look at the way we venerate those we, teams. Yeah, we still venerate Tim Tebow, and he's playing for some sort of, sort of single A affiliate for the New York Mets. Like, I wonder what it was about his life, or about his personality, or about. Or what he w- I would like to know what he was thinking that he he felt he needed yeah. to actively immerse and seek fulfillment. I don't know whether it was fulfilling, but whether he needed to do this. What what what, uh, what drew him to this? It's yeah, and I see it's not in my in my personal opinion. I'd want to know as well because it's not just because I I want to know, but like it's for future understanding, you know, because. We have to come to a point where we have to say this is happening around me, and I, I you have to try to understand it so you could prevent it or try to help as much as you can. And, and I mean, like I mean, there. Go ahead. It's I keep I keep alluding to the point, but there's a lot of ills in society right now that we don't understand and we don't know we don't know how to cope with and. To have a conversation about every single aspect, you know, that's where it starts. That's where we start building. That's where we start understanding, making a change, you know, because ignorance is bliss. If we don't know, then we just, it just continues. And not only continues, but eventually gets worse. Okay. That's that's why I like what you're saying, like, just to to know, you know, like, what happened there? How how did it go from from point A to point B? I just... There's always going to be people. I'm always interested in the people who seem to slip through the cracks, and because so much is going on in the world, and so all so often things are going on in our personal lives. Aaron Hernandez was hiding this from people, like hiding this from the public world. It's not like he said, "Listen, I I, I got myself into something." 
and I need to get myself out. There is instances where he seemed to have written a letter to Robert Kraft, I remember hearing, where, and Chris is chugging that Mountain Dew. Damn, son. <laughs> He's just holding the Mountain Dew to his head, like, like, as if we're sponsored. But anyway... Please. I'm trying to get sponsored. Yo, Mountain Dew, you want to sponsor us? I'll become the biggest Mountain Dew fan. I'll drink Mountain Dew every day. Send us some free Mountain Dew, yo. No, uh, send Chris some free Mountain Dew. <laughs> uh, I, <laughs> I just... He slipped through the cracks. He's one of those people who, who, who slipped through the cracks. He had no need... There was there was no immediate need for money. There was no immediate need for to find a way out of a life or something like that. Or or no, there was a lot. He seemed like a he seemed like someone who had a bunch of roads open for them, and found himself at this dead end. And ultimately, it ended up. And I don't mean to make a pun here because it's a really distasteful pun, but it ended up in a rather dead end. That now people are just. And I hate this, where people do the, uh, oh, he left a lover, for, le- left a letter for his lover and stuff like, dude. Uh, like, I understand he's a killer and you have no empathy for him, but if that's where you're gonna start trying to understand somebody, like, start from the beginning. Don't start from the end here. But that's the day. But you see. That comes from another place where society is kind of sick because they're not trying to tell his story. They're trying to sell a story. Yeah, exactly. That, so that's, that's wild. That was really well put. It's about It's about the money. That's really well put. And I think we should end this conversation on that note uh, and move to the Eastern Conference playoffs first round. Uh, what... Which which series do you want to go on first? Because there's, I want to say we're saving the Bulls and Celtics for last because that's the one to yes. talk about the most. Uh, this is going to be a quicker podcast because Chris needs to go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we're gonna try uh, we're gonna try to go through these fast. Uh, let's do Cleveland Pacers first just to go through it. LeBron's amazing. They average over forty minutes a game that series, but you got to and LeBron did it too. He um, shouted out Paul George and the Pacers organization. Because they did push them, every they single did. one of those, every four of those games could have gone either way. It could have, it could be two two right now. It could be four zero to the Pacers. Just that, you know, I I'm, mean, I'm looking at the total. to the Pacers is not going to happen because I don't think LeBron will win his team against the Pacers team that really wasn't, you know, it wasn't all that well put together in my opinion. The Pacers team. Yeah, the Pacers just. Larry, it was Larry Bird, and I, and I don't mean to criticize the legend here. I know nothing about being a GM in the National Basketball Association, but Larry Bird is seems to ha- not have a direction as to where to take his team. Now he obviously had that amazing Pacers team in 2012 that killed the New York Knicks. <laughs> they killed our hearts and our souls of the Knicks fans. Yeah, yeah. But uh Larry Bird seems obstinate in putting out a team that he just signed Lance Stevenson to a three year contract. Lance Stevenson was out of the league. Like nobody wanted Lance. But maybe again maybe Larry Bird sees something in Lance Stevenson that that He did play well in the series though. Maybe Larry maybe and maybe Larry Bird Lance Stevenson did play well. Maybe Larry Bird holds the key. Maybe Larry Bird knows. Sometimes he maybe he sees something in Lance Stevenson that no one else does. And shout out to him if that's the case. But other than that, like that, it seems to be a transitional time for the Pacers. And the worst thing, George's uh, free agent, the season. Yeah, I mean he's resigning with the Pacers. I mean you can't you can't let. The amount of money they do now with the the amount of incentive in signing with the team you're with, I just I want to see the first person who forgoes that much money for a better situation. Because at the end, I, I would never I would never fault Paul George for re-signing with the Pacers and saying, "Listen, I'm gonna do, figure it out and win here and take what however much more million I can I can get here." But also, I can't fault Paul George if he's like, I'm going to give up 
I want to win somewhere, and I'm gonna. And it's rumored that he wants to win in Los Angeles. Now, no one's saying whether it's the Lakers or the Clippers. You're saying, but I mean, <laughs> it's all no, those are rumors, and that's like a guy heard it from a guy. Yeah, who heard no, it from but me. I've I've heard we've all heard that. There's always um, an article on Facebook that pops up or on Twitter with. It's saying about Paul George's destination, and it's always him in the Lakers jersey. So, you know. But why not the Clippers? Because they have Paul Pierce. <laughs> I don't think he wants to split. I don't think he wants to split time with Paul Pierce. Because, okay, we just got done saying we just finished our our Western Conference final uh, Western Conference podcast by saying that what should the Clippers do about Blake? What happens if they say Blake walk? We'll take Paul George. If Paul George goes, listen, I want to go to L.A., and is that a better team? Paul George, although he – Paul George did have that one bad injury, right, that he came – but he's come yeah, back. the Olympics. Uh, he's, that was a freak accident. That wasn't like, you know, one of those yeah. things where your body's giving up on you. He's still young. He's 26. He's about to enter into his prime years. Now – Blake is a little bit older, I believe. Blake is like maybe 27, 28. But why wouldn't, if Paul George reaches out to the Clippers and says, listen, I would like to, if you have an opening for me, I would like to join there. What if what if the Clippers let Blake walk and take Paul George instead? And how does that, and what is, how does that change them as, a, as, a, as their prospects in the playoffs? Just a question I'm asking. It's not a question to be answered now. It's for a uh, future discussion when we get closer to free agency. I, I keep doing that, but it's it, it's funny because the playoffs the playoffs really open questions for the future for most of these teams because you you know your playoff team obviously you have the pieces to get to the playoffs, but when you get eliminated, you start questioning, well, what were we lacking? Yeah, because the Pacers are in mediocre hell, which is that thing where, all right, we just made it into the playoffs and we can't get a top pick. So we just... And they don't have a bad team either. I mean, they have Paul George, Jeff Teague, Miles Turner is a young and up-and-coming big man. Um, Thaddeus Sung isn't that bad, so... But you know. do you see you're couching all of those players... Like you're saying, eh, the end of this and this and this, but you need stars. That's yeah, it's star-driven league. And there's it is. The problem is, is that there's only there's one organization that has all the stars, <laughs> which is a great thing because we love the Warriors. But it's also, you know, when you think about it, like you you have a team like the Pacers. Yeah, they have Paul George, but you know. How are the Pacers going to get a second star? They have to draft him. They're not going to get a good draft pick because they're the seventh seed in the East. Okay, so they're in the middle of the of the draft, so they're stuck in kind of this hell. Now let's move on from the Pacers. Cleveland. The only interesting to say about them in this series is that LeBron, that Tyron Lue asked Kevin Love and Kyrie Irving to sit a fourth quarter and say, "Watch LeBron do work." And I think it's really cool that they did that. They noticed that. For some, I don't know why. The, I, I guess the Pacers were. I mean, the Pacers were consistently giving it to the to Cleveland, and Tyron Lue saw something in that game. I think it was the second game, if I'm not mistaken, and said, "I just want to go with LeBron here." Coach's decision, man. It was. Uh... It seemed like the coach asked them, and they consented. That's yeah. what, that's the way it's being put out. It hasn't been that Tyron Lue said you're not playing. It seems that Tyron Tyron Lue said to Kevin Love and Kyrie, "Let's just put LeBron out there. Do you guys mind sitting a fourth quarter?" And they said, "Let's see." Because I mean, which is the oh, which is shout out to them for putting their team winning over their play. You know what I mean? Over their minutes. You know what I mean? Because you're in the playoffs, you wanna you wanna be in every minute. You know what I mean? Obviously, you want to rest. You want rest, but you want to play in the playoffs. But if it's better for your team and you see that there's an opening there, and LeBron single-handedly won that game for them. I believe it was the second game, but it may have been the first or the third. I, I don't know. Do you have anything else to say about this series? Nah. Nah. Okay. The next three series are more interesting. You want to go to – let's go to – I find Wizards-Hawks kind of boring, so – uh, oh, you haven't been watching the games then. 
You know what? You know what? I, I, There's a lot of history between those two teams, especially um, Dennis Schroeder and um, John Wall. You know what? As far as giving Cleveland trouble, I see Toronto and Milwaukee, those two teams, as more able to give Cleveland trouble. But maybe I'm wrong. We already brought up Washington and, and Hawks. What do you see in that in, in that series? Uh, phys- physicality, trash talking. It, it kind of reminds me of a uh, old school playoff game where it's just you know gritty, grinding. They don't like each other, and um, it's fun watching Gortat kind of dominate Dwight Howard a little bit. Well, Dwight Howard isn't the player he once was. I mean, you know, but that's age and that's multiple back surgeries and that's all everything that has happened. I mean, he's a big and bigs, you know, that's a lot of pressure on the body. I mean, well, it's not it's not no knock on Dwight. I'm just saying because Dwight is he's still a reputable big man in the league. You know, he might have lost a step or two, but. You know, he's still Dwight Howard, and I'm just commending Gortat for the play he's been. He's he's been performing really well, and I like um, Markeith Morris. You know what I'm saying? That he's he's a solid guy. You know what I mean? A solid big man takes no crap for nobody. And Paul Mills have been been showing up. A little, you know. So it's 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 been a fun back and forth series actually. Uh the Wizards lead currently three to two. Washington has home court advantage. We'll see what happens. The game is uh, the game will be on ESPN tomorrow night, Friday. Excuse me. I'll be. I think I'll be. Uh, well, I, I might catch that game. I might not. Actually, no. I'll be I out. Wi- I say Wizards uh, ended it uh, in Atlanta. Yeah. Ultimately, I don't think Atlanta has. Wizards have more firepower. I mean, Wizards have John Wall, and I think John Wall makes Bradley Beal better. And Marcin Gortat, Marcin Gortat is sort of like it gives them what Dwight Howard should be giving the Hawks, like like you yeah. just said. So I, I, I mean, I, I, Washington, with the, Washington with the Hawks have Ghostface Ilya, <laughs> Ilya Silva. Yeah, man. Ilya Silva's on the Hawks. I just had to. Yeah, he got traded from the Sixers because the Sixers um, had Dario Savage, and Sa- Dario Savage was started started beasting towards the second half of the season. So they went with with Savage. Forgive you know, me. They had okay. they had Savage, um, Covington. Uh, they had you know they had a a, a bunch of. They had no need for Elias over. Elias was like a contract thing. That's why they. they 76ers do weird things where they take on contracts and then release them in order to get like, like I don't know, special room or something like that. They were they, that's uh, special NBA GM tricks, I think. But Ilya Sova also wanted to be on a team that compete, uh, competed. I remember this. The reason why I don't know Ilya Sova was on the Hawks is because Ilya Sova to me seemed to be on like four teams <laughs> this season. Uh, yeah, he's a journeyman. Yeah, he he's, a, he's mad young and he's already a journeyman. I think he's been on like four or five teams already. Well, you know what it is? There's those certain groups of players, and maybe he's in the. Lance Stevenson is to many a clown, but it's also that where there's that group of players in the league where. They're talented enough where they can be useful, but not talented enough where you feel like you need to keep them around. Do you know what I mean? Uh-huh. So then they wind up, these players constantly wind up in trades and acquisitions and you know what I mean? And it's it's like they're the the middle of the league in which there's talent there. there there's NBA talent. There are NBA professionals. It's just that they're not going to, they're a piece. They're not going to be the one to win you the championship. Yeah, the- like a Trevor Reza type of player. Exactly. Like a, why is like Dante Exum coming to mind or, uh, mm-hmm. uh, Rodney Hood is another. Yeah, player. Rodney Hood. I'm thinking you all you touch jazz players. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why. That, like, the Jazz have just a bunch of guys that that go just just play. And then one guy who has limbs. And then jo- <laughs> and then Joe Johnson's old ass who keeps sh- who's shooting the lights at who's playing like he has no tomorrow, which he literally might not have no tomorrow because I don't know whether that's a one year contract or not. So I mean I think the Wizards have a lot of firepower. They defensively they don't have much except for Marcin Gortat. 
I'm gonna do man. I, I try to do Polish uh, there. Morris too though. Morris Morris is a solid defender. He just gets in foul trouble a lot. But that isn't the isn't Otto Porter came into his own this year. Isn't the better Morris brother on uh, the Pistons? What happened to the, the, the What happened to the Pistons, the, man? Why aren't the Pistons in the playoffs? What is Stan Van Gundy gonna get fired? I was just. I mean. It was a rough season, and you, Stan Van Gundy. When I watch Detroit Pistons games, because I'm a Stan Van Gundy fan, I've bought, I've I already told why I, I love the NBA, and it has a lot to do with Stan Van Gundy. Uh, so Stan Van Gundy looks like he needs like a Zantac or like whatever, uh, uh, like an Excedrin on the on the sideline every time. It's just this season was tough to swallow for them. It's like. And I think it has a lot to do with Reggie Jackson being their point guard. Reggie Jackson is not <laughs> Reggie yeah, Jackson. he had a rough season. Ish Smith outplayed him. I mean this year. Ish Smith should have been their starting point guard. It's just Stan went Stan went with Reggie and didn't pay off. Because he's paying Reggie twenty million a year. I mean yeah. when that contract was signed, I remember everyone going, What the bleep? You know what I mean? I don't know why I didn't curse right there. <laughs> but nah, but remember what team Reggie Jackson played for OKC? Yeah, and he played pretty well. So as a rope, but as a backup though, Reggie Jackson is a backup, and Andre Drummond, Andre Drummond is a is a athletic big, but in order to get those pick and rolls going, you need a better point guard than Reggie Jackson. Oh yeah. And we suddenly find ourselves talking about the Pistons when we were talking about the Wizards. But John Wall... We're going into free agency and off-season moves again. Yeah, we're doing... You know what? It's because all of these teams... Because ultimately... Uh, let, let me just say this. Ultimately, I, I know that Golden State and Cleveland are going to be in the finals and that the rest of these teams are just... Should be looking forward, should, if not already planning, should begin planning what their move is to beat Cleveland or to beat Golden State next year. Because that's what's happening right now. That's the real. Uh, that's that, a, that's the true that's reality. Why, like these you watch basketball because you you're hoping to expect something that's unexpected. You're hoping one of these teams to just come out of nowhere and be like, "Well, you know, we're, we're, we're hoping going to be this." But we're hoping for the Dallas Mavericks in 2011. We're hoping for the Pistons in 2004. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, what's another exactly. What's another team like that? That's not. I, I guess ever. But really, like NBA is usually is a league where the best team usually wins. Although the best team did not win last year. <laughs> Our friend, Golden State Warriors won secretly won that championship. Just no one know it. No one knows it. I I'll never give I'll never give that and them props to that championship. That was. But whatever. But the year before that, uh, to go against me, the year before that, Kevin Love and Kyrie Irving were out. So LeBron was playing as a one-man. LeBron James, that series two years ago, was Russell Westbrook in the Houston Rockets, getting the Houston Rockets series this year. Anything to add to this series with the Wizards? A lot of people say the Wizards are bound for the Western Co- of the Eastern Conference final. I, I could see it. I mean, I could see any of these teams. They have the Polish power. I think Chris's bias here is just Marcin Gortat. That's what I really think. That's what I really feel. I think that, I think the the bias here is ethnic. Okay, I'm not going to say anything more than that. The se- the series I found more interesting because both of these teams, I think, at full strength. I see one of these teams is not at full strength. And still is giving the third seed in the, the league a run for its money. So Toronto Raptors, Milwaukee Bucks. Milwaukee Bucks are missing Jabari Parker, who has an ACL tear and might not come back until late next season. Or might not be ready until late next season. And are still giving a full-strength Raptors team who have, who have Kyle Lowry, Serge Ibaka, and uh, DeMar DeRozan a tough time. It's three and two in the Raptors' favor. I think the Raptors are ultimately going to close this series at Milwaukee, if not at their home floor. But Milwaukee Bucks, man, are interesting. Milwaukee Bucks are hugely interesting. Young, up and coming team. I would love to see Milwaukee Milwaukee Bucks at full strength play the Toronto Raptors. 
I would love to see the Milwaukee Bucks play the Cavs in full strength. Because that type of athleticism, I would love to see Giannis versus LeBron. Although I think it plays that way. In fact, I would love to see Antetokounmpo. Gumpu. I said it correctly. Antetokounmpo against LeBron and, and see how that plays out. You know what I mean? Jason Kidd is a great coach. You know what I mean? So you yeah. you know schematically he'll cook up something. I think Bucks Cavs as a as an Eastern Conference final might be interesting, but there's a huge hole there is that they don't have Jabari Parker. And so ultimately I think that that I mean, although they're I think Toronto is actually letting the Bucks give them too tough a time, but I think that goes that speaks to the future of the Bucks as probably taking over the mantle from the Cavs. Yeah, um, it, you know, the Bucks have been a tough team all year long. Even last year, I, as a um, Milwaukee Buck team, um, if you remember, they actually. Ended the Warriors' winning streak of I think it was thirty four or something like that, and um, this year again they played the war. They just play every single team hard. They they believe that they could be any single team because it's a young 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 team. Do you want me? To, and they have that confidence. Do you want me to wow so, you right now? Yeah. Guess the age of Yanis Adendokounmpo. Uh, nineteen or twenty. Oh no, it's twenty two. You you played the game wrong. You're supposed to go twenty four. <laughs> You're supposed to go older so that way I look good. <laughs> he's twenty two years old. He's not not even reached his prime. He's not even reached the beginning of. He's not even ended his he's development. Still learning the game. He's still developing. Like he's still beginning. No, his- he's, he, I, I think he's one of those guys that started playing basketball late in his life too. If I'm not mistaken. Uh, I'd have to check on that. I don't know that for sure. I don't. I, I don't want to speak on that. I know he comes from Greece, and there's a and once again there's a little bit of ethnic. Maybe there's a little ethnic bias here, and that I'm rooting. I, I I will say this: I do not pull a lot for for Greece, except in the World Cup. And when I see my NBA star Yanis Antetokounmpo, those are the two times I find I, the Greek comes out of me. The World Cup, the Euro Cup, and the Milwaukee Bucks. I will be the biggest Bucks fan. I have a Bucks. I have a Bucks snapback because of Yanis and then the Boop. Let's speak a little bit on the Raptors. I think the Raptors are actually best equipped to beat Cleveland. I watched them play, and they can come at you from all angles, man. I think right now too, they're they're starting to gain momentum because. Kyle Lowry was out for a while. They made the deal for Ibaka. They brought in um, PJ Tucker. So they're just figuring out how to play together now. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Like the core group. So I think they're starting to get steam. I think once they start rolling, they could as well be a, a threat to the Cavs. I watched two of the condensed games of uh, of the Milwaukee and Toronto, and although Milwaukee played great, and I marveled at Giannis's ability, I also was marveling at like how Serge can hit the three, and then Serge is inside, yeah. and then Demar can shoot. You know what? DeRozan can shoot, and then Kyle Lowry like being like a general on the floor, but also his game seems to be coming back to him. That wrist injury doesn't seem to be affecting him like we once feared on a previous podcast. And then you have also Valanciunas, who a lot of people were like, how is he going to fit in now that Serge Ibaka is there? It's actually kind of had a resurgence for... JV since Ibaka came, he's actually a little more physical. He's he's a little more tougher. I feel like, you know, he's getting in people's faces. So I think the the Serge Ibaka actually propelled Jonas Valanciunas because he was he was losing out on minutes um, earlier, even before the Ibaka trade. He wasn't getting played in the fourth, and now they're starting to roll with him a little more because he's showing a little more. Um. So, Serge himself you know, seems to have a little bit more life because towards the end of his Thunder career and in Orlando, it seemed like he had no. Like, but in Orlando, I think um, he realized early that they weren't going anywhere, and it was just. Uh, well, he had, he had no control over that trade, so I mean, you know, it's not like yeah. I think he's a free agent this season. In fact, 
Uh, should go back to OKC. They need him. For some reason, he wasn't happy there. I don't know why. You got to remember, he this, this he was playing with two big men, um, Enos Cantor and Steven Adams. He was splitting time with them. And then he also had Russ and KD on the same team. So he, he felt like he wasn't getting enough touches, which is understandable. He, he was. He felt like he wasn't getting utilized enough on the offensive end because Serge started. Serge Ibaka started off as a defensive specialist. Remember? Yeah. But Serge Ibaka developed. He developed his offensive game out of nowhere. So and he has the ability to hit the three. Any big man who has the ability, and I guess Serge Ibaka is a big man, right? Serge yeah, Ibaka. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. He. Any big man who can hit the three in the modern game. That is that is what you want, and that's what you want. That's what you need. You know what I mean? Yep. Uh, a team that I a wish big man that could stretch the floor. Next episode, we got to talk about the Pelicans a little bit. We never got to talk about that trade. I did. Did we talk about that trade? We did. We, we did. did. Uh, okay. When, but, when it first happened, we 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 spent some time on it actually. Okay. I, I, in the off season, I'd like to talk a little bit more about the prospects of that team. Uh, but Serge Ibaka would you think Serge Ibaka forced a trade thinking KD was going to resign and then was like once KD signed with the Warriors was like fuck what I do it's a, it's a strong possibility yeah and now, a strong possibility and I also think that he wanted to get sent to a team where he could he could be more more of the focus on offense but I think you know KC he would uh, well I don't know if Russ is going to give up the ball uh, I don't know what Russ's plans are next season as far as usage rate goes whether he plans to triple double again I mean that's that'd be crazy we two, season, two straight seasons averaging a triple double imagine that but I mean he, I'm, you gotta get tired man doesn't he get anyway besides that isn't that we always play the game? What what does this team need? That's our favorite game to play, you and I, where we like mm-hmm. to guess. Does it doesn't OKC need a Serge Ibaka, a big man who could hit the three from the outside? Exactly. While Stephen Adams is in the, in the inside. Exactly. Stephen Adams got exposed this year because there uh, was no Serge Ibaka. Yo, that that first game. That first game I watched with OKC. Now, Steven Adams got better as the series progressed, but still, he looked like a stiff man. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we're, we're talking Western Conference again. But I'm going to state this. Listen, I think Cleveland is going to be in the finals, but I'm hugely interested in a Cleveland Raptors. Whatever noise you're making, stop doing it. I'm hugely interested in a Cleveland. Don't be spiteful. <laughs> I'm hugely interested in a Cleveland Raptors fi- Eastern Conference Final because uh, rematch. It is a rematch, but last year I feel like they weren't taken seriously, and I feel like Cleveland lost two games and were like uh, Listen, anybody, any team that has Jake as its ambassador is is not going to take. Be taken seriously in my eyes. Don't be that guy. I'm that guy. Who, if I'm not that guy, then what am I doing that's, on the podcast? That's true. That's true. Should we give you? We, we gave you your five minutes of hip hop on the last one. We'll give you your five minutes about hip hop on uh, at the end of this. Two. We'll give you two. We'll give you another. We're rushing through these series, but. Which is good because I wanted to make this one a quick. There's not a lot to talk about in the Eastern Conference. Cleveland's gonna win it. It's tough I, to say. I just, I just wanted to point out one thing in the Easter Conference that I've been saying all season long. Well, actually, since we first started doing the podcast, well, I'm gonna wait till we move on to the next series. All right, the last and final series, and we saved this for last because it is actually the most interesting series. Even though I feel like both of these teams are going nowhere in the playoffs, there's a lot to talk about here. And that series is the Boston the Celtics. Celtics. Go ahead. And and uh, the eighth seed Rajon Rondo-less Bulls. Who Rajon Rondo? Who Rajon or Rajon? Rajon. Rajon, who might be back for next week? Who might be back for next game? Excuse me, for Friday. 
He might have been back tonight, but X-rays said, nah, not yet. I I think they're going to push it for Friday. That's ESPN at 8 o'clock if anyone's interested in viewing it. I won't be able to because I have to go out and do something on uh, Friday. This is why I watch the games the next morning on Condensed. (laughs) So let's talk a little bit about this series. So it begins in a rather tragic fashion. With the um, rest in peace to Isaiah Thomas's sister, who uh, who he had to play that first game, and he was crying on the sideline. And Avery Bradley, I, I, every, everyone who's an NBA fan has seen that that footage on the internet. Like that's tough, man. Yeah, it's you know you. And I think he learned it right there. I don't think he. I, I think he learned no, it. He 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 knew it. He knew it throughout the day because he. He didn't know if he had he had already decided to play, knowing the fact that that had occurred. Okay. It and I understand why that's emotional for him, and I I, I mean props to him for going out and doing that. Yeah, seeing that, your heart just goes out to the dude. You know what I'm saying? And that's a, Isaiah Thomas all season. We've been giving him props as a competitor. He fights throughout every game. At what people, many people say he's five seven. He's not five nine. <laughs> A little dude. Not he's not Muggsy Bogues, but he's out there. You know what I mean? Either way, he's shorter than me. Five seven or five nine. He's still shorter than me. Yeah, Let's put it that way. Yeah, he, I mean, I, people, and five, I'm not the tallest guy out there. I'm five nine. So if he's five seven, that means he's shorter than me. And at some point this season, people were throwing around I take Isaiah Thomas for MVP. For MVP, yeah. Okay, let, let us not forget that. Listen, Russ is going to win the MVP because you can't average a triple-double and not get an MVP. You can't average yeah, you a triple-double. You can. It happened. Well, it did, ha- it, did actually ha- it did actually happen. But in the modern... Uh, all right, so who are you giving the MVP to? Let's have this stupid-ass conversation right now. Twitter. Yeah, it's true. Twitter's my MVP. Twitter is always the MVP. Okay, so the Celtics, I think here. So why did the Chicago Bulls win the first two games? Let's let's ask. Rajon Rondo, Rajon Rondo. Okay, Easy. I'm going to. I've been take... saying it all season long. Go, go. Rondo came back. They were a playoff team again, and they started winning games. They made the playoffs because of the strength of Rajon Rondo, of what he could bring on the offensive end. He's a floor general. That team started coming back together. You inserted Nikola Mirotic, who all of a sudden got life again. Rondo back. It was Rondo. I was saying all season long, Rondo. I mean, everybody laughed. And everybody laughed. We spent part of an episode talking about the enigma that is Rajon Rondo because he seemed to be unwanted by the Bulls at a time. He seemed to be unwanted by everyone at at, at certain points. It seems that at at every turn in his career, people can't figure out whether they want Rajon Rondo or not. But people will. it, It seems that he can't get along with people, but that he sees the game in a way that, like, only like LeBron James sees it. You know how they always say LeBron James has great floor vision. Mm-hmm. I think that's what how they that's the term they use. That's Rajon Rondo that he could see the he could see the play enveloping or he could see the floor in a way just other players can't. But the problem is is that when you're that smart and and you have that inability to communicate with other people. That's a problem. You know what I mean? Maybe LeBron James has a little bit better of uh, communication skills where he can say, or maybe it's just, you see, in many ways, Rajon Rondo, because he came up with Ray Allen, Kevin Garnett, and Paul Pierce has always had a little brother complex and still is now, like, you know, Dwayne Wade is on that team. So maybe people sometimes shout him down when he's like, no, you're not seeing what I'm seeing. And if you just shut up and listen to me, we could actually be doing something here. So you have a situation where the eighth seed is... I I think uh, he definitely is undermined a lot because he's he's not your typical star. Where, in a sense, he's going to go out and hit three threes, cross you over, dunk the ball on you. You know what I'm saying? He's, He's not about that highlight reel action where... 
but even though he does have some highlight reel passes, he plays the game. He knows he knows the intricacies of the game. You know what I'm saying? He was Doc Rivers' floor general. The Celtics won those championships just as much off the strength of Doc Rivers' coaching as much as Rajon Rondo's coaching. I think uh, Doc Rivers. He had he put he he had Paul Pierce and KG in perfect spots to make shots. And I think Rajon Rondo is undermined a lot on teams. Like he he feels like he should have as much voice as the head coach. Well, because I believe in in Boston, he he I think Doc Rivers gave him that much authority. I think in Dallas, he never stood a chance because you have very huge personnel. You have Dirk's Rick Carlisle is, is I mean, not is not about to listen to any. Dirk is not an asshole, no, but no, no, no but, Dirk is Dirk is definitely one of the nicest guys in the league. From you know the stories you hear. I think it's more it was bumping heads with Rick Carlisle than who's anything. like I I don't care how you see the floor it's how I see the floor that counts Rick Carlisle yeah. and you, you know Rick Carlisle has won a championship and he he's had many successful teams although Dirk Nowitzki was one of is probably one of the top five greatest power forwards of all time maybe uh, I don't yeah, I, I give him that. Okay, I, I I mean I I don't I don't know who we can name off the top of our heads, but Rick Carlisle's a great coach, so he probably told Rajon Rondo to fuck off. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't care what you see on the floor; it's what I see on the floor. You know, it's 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 how I George see. George Carl, the same thing. There's something I've learned about George Carl is one of my favorite people to listen to. Uh, talk about the game because he's very opinionated. But one thing is, is that George Carl only sees the game the way he sees the game, and he leaves very little for someone who who seems as open minded as George Carl. George Carl seems like kind of like a hippie in disguise, but he's kind of narrow minded in the way that he approaches basketball. Well, yeah, I mean, he's an old school coach. Yeah, but it's, he seems kind of like a hippie in like the way, like in the way he talks. And so we're reaching the hour mark here, and I didn't want to go too long. The Celtics. I want. I want to. This is the number one seed of the East, and I. I have a take on the Celtics. Do you have anything to say? I mean, do you think the Celtics the are all? Quarter is Isaiah time? Okay, I think what's going on here is a mixture between the Bulls, although Rajan Rondo, Rajan Rajan, I'm, I'm still not sure how to pronounce it, forgive me, I should know, has has like sort of come into his own in this series, and people have sort of seen what he can give a team. And I think the Bulls have realized what Rajan Rondo can bring to a team. I think also simultaneously what's going on is that the Celtics are being exposed a little bit here because they have a ceiling. A five foot seven yeah. ceiling, <laughs> and and it's true though. Even though when Rondo was there for the two games, um, Isaiah still, you know, he still played two have two great games. But you know, it's it's hard for him because when Rondo was out there, Rondo put pressure on him on the defensive end. So you know what I'm saying, and. With Rondo out these two games, he really doesn't have to, you know, who they have. Isaiah Kanan, uh, Michael Carter-Williams, and uh, Jeremy Grant, you know, put them up against Isaiah Thomas, who you're going to take. It's not even a question. So... Right now, Isaiah Kanan is playing, uh, I think, the, the large yes. minutes at point guard. That is crazy. He's, I didn't know who Isaiah Kanan, I didn't know who Isaiah Kanan was until I, fl- I went to the box score for the game where Rajon Ronda was, was out, and I was like, who the fuck is Isaiah Kanan? He, he wasn't active before Ronda went out. But anyway, the thing with the Celtics is, and this is the take I've had consistently throughout the season, is that Isaiah, although Isaiah gives it his all and Isaiah has, has a lot of ability, much more than people will give him credit for, he cannot be the best player on your roster. Al Horford is not a huge star in this league. Al Horford is a very good NBA player. Okay, but he's not going to win you championships. Okay, 
Now, Danny Ainge hedged all of his bets on the fact that everyone would want these picks. And the Boston Celtics, by the way, are are most likely to have the number one pick in the NBA draft, which we will, of course, get to. Of course, we're doing the future again. But that, which is a crazy statement to say you were just the number one seed and you're going to get the number one pick in the draft. But they don't need a number one pick right now because they don't need to wait for someone to develop. The Boston Celtics, as currently constituted, need a star player. The whole team is young, though. So you could... You know. I'm not, I'm, you could make the playoffs with the roster you have for but, the next few years. But and Al, develop a, then a why, why did they sign Al Horford then? Thomas. But then why did they sign Al Horford? Because it's another piece that will bring them closer. And how are they going to get this other piece? We're doing we're doing off season talk draft. We're doing this off season talk. All right, my bad, my bad. Magic Johnson won his first year in the league. I mean, he had Kareem, but. First of all, the top two picks in the NBA draft are predicted to be at point guards, by the way, just so you know. And Isaiah Thomas plays a point guard. Now, you could say positionless basketball, and we could just put five point guards on the floor, but that it, it doesn't work that simply. You know what I mean? It doesn't. Chris has devoted himself to back scratching, so he's currently no, I'm rubbing my back. I, I got, you know, I did yoga yesterday before my game, so... Oh yeah, I'm so all over the place. Yeah, yoga is good, dude. Yoga, they yeah, yeah. they say yoga is the key to living a long life. Uh, actually, I felt my my body felt so so much more loose after it, and I was just like, whoa. Keep doing that because you had back trouble to begin with. So keep doing that yoga. Yeah. Uh, you want to give your stats for yesterday? Uh, I didn't make a single shot, but the defense was there. That's you know. I feel like um, so uh, you're the Andre Roberson of uh, the team. No, I'm the Draymond. Draymond goes all four. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm still Draymond. Uh, yeah. All right. Are uh, you in? Chris, for those that don't know, the reason why we keep doing these uh, podcasts over Skype is because Chris is uh, in a, like a little mini league right now for uh, so. Uh, did you wait? Four you one, baby. Four, oh, you lost yesterday? No, four one. We lost um, the last game. Oh, okay. Good luck to that team. What is your team name? Does your team have a name? Uh, team nine. Team nine. Shout out to Team Nine. <laughs> <laughs> anyone else? Any, anyone else? Team, anyone? team ten. It's all. It's all those guys from over there, from Berry Street, right? From um. Um, from Drake's, but right, actually no. There's um just Rob um from the liquor store this season. Um, that team got dismantled. So all right, I don't know why we're covering them. That that seems to be that, that's what we're gonna cover on the next podcast. Chris's uh, NBA tournament. I think the Eastern Conference. We've settled enough here. Uh, I see the Celtics pulling this off. Russian Rondo coming back. I think that's an injury. That what did he have a fractured finger? Fractured thumb, I believe. Fracture, I mean, fra- fractured thumb on his ball handling hand. Yeah, on his dominant hand. Yeah, so forget it. I just think the Celtics are going to win here and home court advantage and the like. But we'll see. Am I? If but if the Bulls take it, I will not be surprised. If Rajon Rondo, if they tape that shit up to an extreme extent and Rajan still feels he has a handle on the ball and he's still seeing those spots and the Bulls pull off the 8-1 to upset which has happened only like two or three times in the league I think the, I think the Grizzlies did it a couple years back actually during the no the, the Warriors did it um, a few years back against the Dallas Mavericks but this was before Steph Curry okay and um the Knicks the Knicks did it against the you're Heat you're a little muffled you're a little muffled um the Heat the Knicks did it against the Heat I think in 99 if I'm not mistaken the year they went to the finals is that the year Jeff Van Gundy held on to no, Alonzo Morning's leg I believe so I think it was the year after that okay <laughs> I love basketball man I love basketball uh I think we're gonna wrap it up you wanna drop some hip hop knowledge uh Joe Budden is beefing with Little Yachty <laughs> That is a funny sentence, and I'm behind Little Yachty. 
<laughs> uh, I'm, I think Lil Yachty is actually a very talented person. And I think Joe Budden should let himself fade into the light. Like, I think and Meech just brought you to fresh nonsense, ladies and gentlemen. Once Slaughterhouse faded, I think Joe Budden should have faded too. Although, where's Crooked Eye? I miss Crooked Eye. Crooked Eye's still doing it. Royster 5'9 still doing it. Man, do you remember when Slaughterhouse? Joe Lottie's still doing it. Joe Lottie's a... Joe, Joe Budden just said, you know what? I don't have... To- I don't have to rap anymore. I'm just going to do podcast then. Joe Budden is, is a fellow podcaster. I will not come at you for podcasting. Shout out to Joe Budden and his podcast. I hope it's doing well. I have not listened. I got to listen once just for the sake of podcasts. That would be interesting. But I, I, I'm a little Yachty side on this one. Are there any beefs left in? Come on. This is, this is stupid. By the way, if you haven't listened to it, listen to Joey Badass's All-American Badass. We covered it on Dopecast, which will be released next week, the episode in which we covered it. Uh, Shout out to Joey Badass and Kendrick, man. Joey keep Badass? The, keep the no school alive for jo- uh, Joey Bad- generation. Joey Badass's album is low-key not being talked about enough. Joey Badass did a really, made a really great album, and... We're not going to say it on this podcast, but I have my theories as to why that po- that album isn't so popular amongst the mainstream media. Got you. Yeah, hey, Chris already. Chris know, already knows. Already know. Chris already, already, already know. Know. Just let's just. And I agree. Let's just say there's three K's when he says "all American badass." There's three K's in that. There you go. Okay. There you go. You want to plug anything before we before I do my spiel? Holla at me on Twitter, son, at Compton, K-O-C-O-M-P-T-O-N-K-A-Y-O-H. You got real? We're out here making jokes. We, we poking fun at whoever whoever wants beef, son, Little Yachty, all you motherfuckers, man. We out here. Holla at me, man. Twitter, Twitter. We like the controversy on Twitter. And I like to laugh because I know most of you motherfuckers is illiterate and hooked on phonics, so... Damn, starting beef with people we don't even know. That's, that's <laughs> I'm gonna stay away from that. Y'all, that's, y'all, what get, that's what you get on my Twitter feed. Don't include me in the beef, although I do retweet all of Chris's nonsense. Chris does bring the fresh nonsense on Twitter. My my Twitter is boring. It's just me advertising all twenty of my podcasts. But Chris but Chris does bring you the fresh nonsense from time to time. Please subscribe to the hashtag fresh nonsense feet channel on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn. Follow us on SoundCloud and subscribe to us on Google Play. You can also subscribe to the Meechcast feed on all of those platforms. You can also subscribe to my my other pop culture sort of like talk show podcast if you're hearing this it's too late on all of those channels please leave a review on all of those channels reviews make us more visible leave the good reviews you can send us all the bad reviews to our email freshnonsensports at gmail.com you can also ask us sports questions which we will gladly respond we'll shout you out on the podcast you can ask us any questions about any sport i don't care if it's golf i don't care well i'll figure it out you know we'll, we'll bring you fresh nonsense the, the more nonsense you bring us the more nonsense we'll give you back so please do i would love to interact with any uh of the audience i like me in cricket son what does that even mean cricket you never played cricket oh yeah <laughs> yeah get it i'm a I'm an expert uh, cricket connoisseur, man. We'll break it. We'll break down cricket. I don't even know how to fucking play cricket. I don't even understand cricket. I look at cricket. I, uh, I have no freak. I would try to read. The- I, there's a park by um, by my house that they actually go playing play cricket. Yeah, because that's West Indian people play cricket. And and to see it actually being played, it was just like whoa. It's it, it's weird. It's this, a- this doesn't happen in a in a. Mythical land It actually happens By the way Low key Low key cricket Is a dangerous ass sport Yeah I think it's um, Between Cricket and high lie I think uh, Well high lie Is just like Deadly Like high lie Is like Yeah 
a highlight is like from ancient Mayan culture, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, or if that's just so, yeah. If that if that is inappropriate and offensive, and if I just made a cultural mistake, that please, uh, I, I forgive me. But I believe highlight is from like way is uh, like a descendant of an ancient. It's like, a, it's, Mayan. A, it's an ancient sport. I know that much. Yeah, you can like the page on Facebook, Meechcast. I put out all. Uh, Meechcast is now a po- I call it the podcast network uh, We will be growing in channels We hope to have as many as 5 or 6 channels by June I put out all of uh, The work we do here With all the co-hosts Whether it be hashtag fresh nonsense If you're hearing this is too late Mad science, Deepcast, dopecast And more to come Anything you can name uh, there's also a new podcast in the works with my friend Kurt that I'll be releasing soon, yet to be entitled. Uh, like the page on Facebook, Meechcast, M-E-E-C-H-C-A-S-T. If you want to get at me on Twitter or Instagram, you can reach me at Meechcast. That's M-E-E-C-H-C-A-S-T. Until next time, I am Dimitri. And I'm still beast mode. And we just brought you the fresh nonsense. Save it.